0: Hello and welcome to the Enterprise Endpoint Experts podcast. I'm your host, Bill Burnett, and with me today is Jordan Benzing from TwoSec. Good morning, Jordan. Good morning, Bill. How are you doing? I'm doing good, good, and and uh, how are you over there? Doing quite well. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, morning here in Michigan. So today is our Ignite pod it's kind of a roundup of what what all happened at Microsoft Ignite, except for we're going to not cover exactly everything. We're going to focus on the bigger announcements and the Intune config manager space. <clears throat> and you went to ignite was this your first year there? No, this was actually
1: uh, my second year at ignite. Uh, I've done did went last year and then went again this
0: year. So. And before we get into the tech which we'll do a little later, uh, how was the, how were the lunches?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, about the same uh, as usual. Uh, they were—they were actually uh, there were a couple of times where they were pretty good, and a couple of times where they were mm, about the same as previous years. And I'll leave it at that.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, what is your title over there at Trusac?
1: I'm an executive consultant over at TreeSick, uh, and I do a lot of work in the Config Manager space, as well as some Power BI reporting, um, helping figure out how do we want to present information and tell a story about success uh, with Config Manager, um, as well as helping to do upgrades, plan out documentation, um, create standards, processes, procedures, um, and you know help with packaging, packaging, and all that fun stuff, too.
0: Okay so you do all the tech and the high level and the practical stuff thus that's the word executive in your title I guess Exactly exactly yeah exactly <laughs> Did they get you with with that title do you get like a big huge fancy chair I feel like you should have a, a like a $2000 chair with that title Did they get you that <laughs> No, I didn't get the chair with that, but I, I I do actually
1: have you know a nice soft squishy chair. I got it from my my local office store. I, I'm I'm very fond of it. It's also uh, my video game chair. So I've I've been a remote <laughs> worker for a, a very long time now. So I've I've I long ago learned the uh, the importance of the for chair. To have the right chair. The yeah. chair has to be right when you spend eight hours plus a day in it.
0: Right, so. right. So video game. You you're mentioning video game chair. You are a League of Legends. Uh, I'm not sure what the right word for you is. I, I don't want to say expert because people don't like to own up to being an expert often. Uh, but you are you are a serious League of Legends person. You want to tell us a little bit about League of Legends? Yeah. And- Sure. Uh, So League of Legends is a uh,
1: MOBA game, uh, not to be confused with an MMORPG. A MOBA stands for uh, Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. And funny that you mentioned that. This week is actually the beginning of the world stage for League of Legends. Uh, Last year, it was in North America. I wanted to go, but couldn't quite swing the time off work. Um, It was actually they did semis and quarterfinals in Chicago and New York. And basically, the idea of the game is is that you have five people from one team, five people from the other team, and you try and destroy each other's bases in a small, tiny arena um pretty cool though uh we've got a couple of good representation from north america this year we'll uh we'll see how they do unfortunately uh cloud nine did not win today nor did team liquid so not off to a great start but (laughs) hopefully hopefully they'll do better tomorrow so we'll we'll see
0: okay we'll keep an eye on it and you have your own team is it like five on five did you say
1: yeah it's five on five but you can also queue up to just play with random players um so you can you could they they do what's called solo duo queue and when you're in a solo duo queue you either queue up with just by yourself to get matched with four other people or you and a friend to get queued up. You can also do uh, a five man pre-made team or five woman pre-made team, um, and and play that way as well. Okay, and which do you usually do? I normally play solo duo. Um, so I normally play solo duo or play. Uh, with the girl, uh, and and we play together a
0: lot. So, oh, nice. So with the girl, you mean your <laughs> your personal relationship <laughs> person is also a heavy player. Yes, She's also a
1: heavy League of player. Well, yeah, she. I, uh, we we play. Uh, there's the bottom lane is always a duo lane, almost always, and so okay. you have the uh the ADC and the support character, and we usually play that that on there together. So ah,
0: that's awesome. Okay, so diving on onto ignite now um i looked at the overall roundup like if you go to the microsoft news site here's what the microsoft news people will tell you happened at ignite and they kind of uh, give you a very high level almost looks like an overview of uh, satya's keynote which seemed it seemed a little bit less deep in tech this this year compared to some other years and a little bit higher level did you notice that I I did. Um, But I think it's important to note um, the
1: reason there was actually a really good reason why we had some more higher level content that came out um, during the keynotes. Um, During the keynotes, we saw really high level content because that was the same time that Envision was going on um, down the week down the road from us, which the what the Envision conference talks about is the more high level, the more executive, the more C-level types business strategies and what we're doing in the world with those other businesses. So I think that we saw a shift a little bit in the keynote this year versus what we saw last year at Ignite because that, um, that part of the keynote was really a keynote for both Envision and a keynote to kick off Ignite. Um, and so they had to find a balance between the two.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And there there were some high-level broad statements like declaring an end to the era of passwords. Do you believe that's true? I think it's coming.
1: Um, I think we saw the very first stages of that. And I I think it's actually going to be a good thing in the long run. Um, We started to see the beginning of the end of passwords um, back with Windows Hello. Um, with uh, Apple's Face ID, with all of these other pieces of technology out there. We've begun to see the end of passwords. And one of the good reasons behind why we're getting away from passwords is the biggest security hole in organizations right now is still the end user it just is. Um, It's social engineering. It's trying to find a way to get that password. And as we slip towards getting rid of those passwords or getting rid of the need to reset those passwords or things like that, and we remove that mindset, that methodology, we remove a risk and we remove an attack point um, that people can target to get passwords and to get access. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how exactly Microsoft brings that dream to reality um, and I think it'll be really interesting to see what kind of strange things we see with customers along the way with how it gets implemented how it doesn't get implemented what goes well what goes not so well um, and it'll be it'll be it'll be an interesting adventure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, great, great. So so it is starting. Yeah, and I'm saying that. I have an iPhone and there's no password entered there and I have a, uh, a Surface uh <clears throat> the Surface Book 2 and there's no passwords there. I mean, uh, it is and it is really it's it's coming. One day it will, will be the norm. In the meantime, uh people, if you aren't doing this already, use a different password for everything for crying out loud. Um <laughs> otherwise you'll be insecure and slightly judged by people who know better. Um, artificial intelligence. So there were a lot of announcements about artificial intelligence. And without reading through them, I'm just going to maybe summarize it by saying that the overarching message is that someday robots will take over the planet, but it will be better for us. Is that is that basically what you got?
1: That was pretty much what I got as well. Uh, there's going to be some further, some some better developments and stuff like that. And we're going to see some benefits already. We're starting to see benefits. I know there was a lot of uh, trailers and stuff like that about the benefits of how Microsoft AI and big data AI was being able to crunch and help with stuff like that. Um, and it's definitely going to bring some improvements on that because it's just big math that we can't do as humans with tiny brains.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Okay. And there was a a note here about the uh, new IoT and edge computing products covering, and they, they talked about everything from smart spaces to, uh, for employees to employees more to make I think that we're missing the word make to make employees more more productive. And if you click on it, and it's basically a picture of three people in a conference room wearing VR goggles, all looking at some sort of 3D model. So basically, it sounds like we'll just wear virtual reality goggles at work and our offices will seem much bigger.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I got out of that as well. Um, it made me. It did make me think of a recent movie that I saw. I'm sure everybody knows what. 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 I what it was. It made me think of uh, Ready Player One. Uh, right off the bat, when I started seeing that stuff, so I'm. I'm looking forward to the day where we have that. Uh, maybe I can play some more League with a full VR experience. That'll be. That'll be really exciting. Get down there. Get the right side by side viewpoint
0: that actually would be really cool to think about. And I did love Ready Player One. Not only just a really cool movie story-wise, but action-wise it just moved. Like you you didn't have time to be bored during that movie. So it was it was nice on several levels. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so now let's dig into the um <clears throat> Let's dig into the really meaty stuff for our podcast today, which is that we want to talk about the Config Manager and Intune space. So Configuration Manager, is it going away?
1: No. So this was a big thing. There was actually a uh, a big Twitter debate that happened uh, on my Twitter wall and I'm sure on a couple of other people's Twitter timelines as well. Um, where I had a couple of people from the product group chiming in about what was, you know, that Config Manager is not going away. And if you were at Ignite at all that week, um, if you walked down out on the expo floor, you'd go over and there's this little tiny corner where you would find the Config Manager and the Intune booth and the Office three sixty five and the Windows ten booth. And during the entire week. Um, After about the first day, I think it was halfway through the first day, um, they had been asked the question so many times that they finally, in really large font in a text file, put up on their screen. No, Config Manager is not going away, in all <laughs> bold capital letters. <laughs> <Really>? um, <laughs> yes. True story. I, right, I have though. a picture of it. I have a picture of it. Um, because that was all I responded numerous times throughout the week to people when I got asked the question, is Config Manager going away? And I would just pull up the picture that had two of the product group managers standing next to it you know, and hold the picture up to them and go, no. It's not going anywhere. See, they they put it right here in the text file. <laughs>
0: uh, I love so. that it's in a text file that is such a that is such the config manager admin uh mentality. Like, no, we're not gonna go into Illustrator and make some flashy colorful thing. Just give us the info nope. in text, please. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was great. So Um, so the biggest announcement I thought of the week was that uh Win thirty two apps Deployment is now going to be supported by Intune. Was that a shock? Were you expecting it? How were people reacting?
1: Everybody was very, very, very happy. Um, I'll I'll be honest. I wasn't terribly, terribly, terribly surprised by it. Um, I knew that there had been a lot of uh, demand for something like that um, out there in the world. And with how well Microsoft has been doing with listening to the customer client base lately, I had a feeling that at some point they had to do something to help out with those 132 apps especially to keep up with the current cadence and pace that mm-hmm. they're going at. Yeah, um yeah. and in working with the vendors and stuff like that, I had a feeling that something had to come out eventually to to do something to help even if it wasn't as good as this. I didn't think it was going to be this cool or be this good. Um but I thought that they had to do something to help out. I was expecting something more like uh, what we saw back in the Windows 7 days. Um, So I don't know if you remember this or not. Back in Windows 7, you could um, create a little tiny mini virtual XP environment within Windows 7 to run applications that only ran in XP because of DOS.
0: Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah.
1: I was expecting more something like that where they created a mini 32-bit experience or something weird, I don't know, and how to deliver that. I don't, I don't know. I was expecting something more like that. That felt like half a feature. I wasn't expecting this, um, and and I think they did a really, really great job. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Maurice Daly, actually, he did a fantastic write up um, on it once it got announced um, by Brad Anderson, and we set a session um, that was done later on in the week. And the process to get the application wrapped up, packaged, put into Intune, and pushed out out there, maybe five. 10-minute process to get the whole thing done, Um, and it's really, really smooth.
0: Oh, really? Okay, great, great. And Maurice, and if people want that, they can go to his blog, correct?
1: Yeah, you can find that on the SC... Yeah, Yeah. you can get that from the uh, scconfigmanager.com blog. That's S-C-C-O-N-F-I-G-M-G-R.com.
0: And can you give a brief description of what makes this so cool? Just essentially that it's not a limited capability. They're actually going to go through all the heavy lifting it takes to let you actually deploy, uh, Win32 apps that aren't simply, uh, you know, your Microsoft Store apps through this, this mechanism.
1: Yep. So they actually went and they built an application that takes the 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 app, wraps it up into something that the Intune console then can understand and use, and allows you to deploy it just fine. Um, it, it's it was probably a lot of work for them to get it set up the way um, that they want to do uh, it. I'm trying to think. I think the guy that demoed it. I think it took him. Mm, I think the longest part of the process was running the little wrapper thing that actually created it. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, you download this app. It's called the Win32 App Packaging Tool from GitHub. Um, It's on the Microsoft GitHub. Um, You go, you download that, you run the application to it, uh, and it crunches through and builds this package file for you um, called, I think it's uh, intune.win is the type of file. And then you take that file and you add it into the Intune console in there in the 132-bit preview section of it, put in your information for it, do all that stuff. And once you put in your install commands and your uninstall commands or any requirements that you have, you can then just go ahead and off you go to deploy it.
0: Awesome. Okay, so let's jump <clears throat> jump now to another announcement. Security baseline for Windows 10 in Intune, they, they've given you some security baselines and some of the sort of verbiage Brad was giving in his talk around this was, you know, foreign governments use these baselines. These are, these are really strong Microsoft recommendations for managing security in a very, very tight environment. What is so special about this? What makes this more than just, here's some new baselines?
1: So, it's interesting the way that these got introduced now with how the security baselines in Config in Intune have been developed and, and brought to fruition. Um, a long time ago, we've, we've had this product around for quite a while now, we had this wonderful thing called the Active Directory and Group Policy. Um, almost everyone that's done anything in IT as an admin for a long period of time has interacted with Group Policy at some point or another. It kind of makes the world go round. Um, over the course of its life, we ended up with tons and tons and tons of all these different security configurations, all these different options, all these different you know ways to control environments, created a challenge when Intune came out because from an Intune perspective, they had to catch up. They had to write all of these options for all of these security settings that existed in group policy and had been built over and over again for time as time went on, so what the Microsoft team has done now is, is they've been able to using some of the analytics software they have out there, and using desktop, you know, what's coming next, um, to use telemetry and some of the other information to figure out with security practitioners and other people to figure out what exactly the best security baselines. Could be the most commonly used security setting. Figure out, you know, what people really want, really need, and what actually then of those provide security and mm-hmm. provide value. Develop them, get them into Intune, and then make them accessible to customers.
0: Okay, so this is <clears throat> this is a huge thing for people living in the Intune world, and they will continue to be updated over time. Correct. Yes, absolutely.
1: There's, there, every time we have a new version of Windows 10, we get a new version of Active Directory Group Policy Templates. I imagine that as we continue to go forward and we add on more and more Windows 10 features, we got to have management ability of those in, in tune as well.
0: Okay, Configuration Manager Integration with Desktop Analytics. So this is – just explain what that is, and then let's get into some more details about uh, – who it's impacting and uh, whether or not you need to use telemetry and things like that. Absolutely. So desktop
1: analytics is this new thing that they announced at Ignite. Well, it's it's a new thing, but it's an expansion of some stuff that they had originally. So when people first started to do the shift towards Windows 7, from Windows 7 to Windows 10, they needed to do analysis to see if they could... Do that version of windows 10 and then from windows 10 version to windows 10 version they had to do an analysis to make sure that their applications and stuff like that wouldn't break horribly right okay. um and so what they've now released is, is that they're expanding out and creating from windows analytics to create desktop analytics which is a cloud-based service um, it integrates with config manager as well as any other cloud service that gets used with the Windows 10 world. And what it does is is it takes telemetry information from all of those clients um, and figures out, based on that information, what broke, what didn't broke, et cetera, and then compiles that so that when people want to know, hey, if I upgrade to this next version of Windows 10, is it going to break? There's a big, gigantic pile of data that can be looked at to say, you know what, a thousand people had that problem versus 10,000 versus 20,000 people had an issue with that when they upgraded. Maybe you should or maybe you shouldn't upgrade, or maybe you need to talk with that vendor, or maybe you need to do this particular registry key change or something like that to make sure that it continues to function in the newer visions going forward. Um, it doesn't require integration with Config Manager, but the integration with Config Manager will absolutely make it better and push it forward more. Um, and it it's going to be really interesting. There's actually, I want to drag your attention over here. There was a thing that was released uh, by Jared Spatero, who is was um, the corporate vice president for Office and Windows Marketing back on September 6th, um, so slightly a little before when Ignite came out. Um, and the interesting thing that got announced there is, is that they have this little section down called Standing Behind Our App Compatibility Promise. And in that part, he said, we're pleased to announce Desktop App Assure, a new service from Microsoft Fast Track designed to address issues with Windows 10 and Office 365 Pro app compatibility. And basically what they said as they went down there, they found that a large number of apps work, but apps that don't work, they're going to get an engineer assigned to help out if you're involved in the Fast Track program direct wow. engineering from Microsoft. And they're going to leverage the data from desktop analytics and the other information that's out there to help drive those cases
0: down. Okay, fabulous. So <clears throat> this is really, you see the desktop analytics really about being about compatibility and moving forward into Windows 10 world and being uh, having that be a trouble-free process. Is that right? Is there is there value of it? In it beyond Windows 10 and compatibility, or is that really the the bulk of it? That's the bulk of it right now, but it's going to add
1: a lot more visibility into environments as we go forward. We've been talking about there's a big theme that happened all through Microsoft, and that was the theme of data and leveraging data to build business decisions based on data that we have access to. Desktop analytics is going to start. Building and piling data together to help businesses make better business decisions as they go forward. Um, as it shifts away, you know, it may not always be around Windows 10, it may be able to shift around hardware, it may be able to shift around other information about this, that, the other thing to help advise companies, to help advise people on what they need to make those forward steps going forward. Um, data is going to be the way of the future going forward and making business decisions off of data is going to be the way of the future going forward. Um, I think that's why we've seen such an investment from the Microsoft team in stuff like Power BI and in the data analytics engines because as we analyze that data, we find ways to save time and we find ways to save
0: money. Okay, great, Was That <clears throat> that's really helpful, thank you. Thank you for giving us the big picture. This is awesome, thank you. So flexible management for Windows as a service. Here's what I'm getting out of that. Um Microsoft has been continually changing the components of upgrading Windows on an ongoing basis, and not because they want to make life hard, but because they want to make life easier. They're doing it. They're seeing what works. They're hearing what people want. They're making everything work together. So they've announced um, basically one quality update type that's going to be smaller in size, And what else have they announced? How are they improving this uh, Windows as a Service ongoing upgrade process? So they've got two big announcements now, well, two
1: kind of sort of big announcements. Uh, I think I know the one you're you're hinting towards here. We've got our monthly little tiny update that we get every month. And then we also have the wonderful cumulative update that's been around for a while. Is that the one that you were talking about? Or are you talking about the other thing that they announced back in September for Enterprise uh an education.
0: I'm literally reading from this Microsoft Tech Community article announcing, and they said, as previously announced, starting with the next major version of Windows 10 and Windows Server, there'll be only one quality update type, and it will be smaller in size. Configuration Manager supports this new packaging of quality updates that makes Windows updates simpler to manage and redistribute. So I was really just going from what they were saying. So maybe you can just sort of detach from that and tell us exactly what's happening.
1: Yeah, so we're talking more and more about the cumulative updates, as well as some of the other update type information that they've been changing out there. Sorry, I'm trying to find the the thing that you were talking about there. Um, but yeah, I, I believe if you, what I am remembering, if what you're talking about there is they're talking about the cumulative update experience and resolving that, as well as the uh, um, how that is going to work in the future, um, how that's going to Get involved um, with WAS, with business, and with Windows updates for business.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah, correct. So. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot to digest, and there's different types of updates, and they're announcing different amounts of support for different things. Like, okay, you're, now there'll be two annual updates, and the September updates will be uh, supported for 30 months for enterprise and education customers, but 18 months for home and pro customers. The March updates will be supported okay. for 18 months for everybody. There's that. There's the way they're packaging uh, the cumulative or incremental updates. So. I don't really honestly grok it all, and if you do, that's awesome. I'm impressed, but I don't know that we need to spell it all out in detail here right now because that would, I think, take a while. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The, the moral of the story is, is is that Microsoft is doing a lot of stuff with updates, and depending on which piece you read when, uh, there's a lot of different information. So right now, we've got Delta updates, we've got cumulatives, we've got the uh, normal security patch. Um, the big change that I think is really important, and you mentioned in there that was what I thought you were talking about, is, is the shift towards the, uh, the 18 to the 30-month model now. Where the update that gets released in the fall for Windows 10 is now going to be supported for 30 months instead, Um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, Yes, that is interesting to see how
0: that shakes out. That makes it much more practical for people for for organizations that don't want to be dealing with as frequent of feature updates.
1: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So then, uh, finally, the last item on our list is. New Windows Autopilot's capabilities. Uh, What is new with Autopilot?
1: So what is new with Autopilot? Uh, Autopilot has progressively gotten better uh, ever since the time it came out. Um, It works really well now. Um, It's still limited in some of the things that it can do, um, but there's a lot of cool stuff that's on the horizon for it. Um, some of the cool things that it can now do is it can now integrate um, machines that it images and builds into your environment. So at the end of the process, it can do stuff now like throw the config manager client on it. Um, there's talk, I believe, about the potential for be- being able to uh, do some other joins to, I think, on prem, I think was mentioned recently in another interview that I saw. Um, and some other stuff like on-prem AD join and stuff like that. I know it can do the Azure AD join now. Um, I heard talk and rumors about maybe some in the future here being able to do on-prem Active Directory joins. Um, And there's, it definitely can do stuff like install the Config Manager client on it now at the end. So now it can be managed by your on-premise management.
0: Okay, so that, that is a really important shift for config man a- admins. All of a sudden, you're going to be able to uh, mm-hmm. make better use of it, not just, a, right, okay, not just a cloud-based thing. But if you're on-premise and using configuration manager, uh, which, as you mentioned earlier, in no uncertain terms is not going away, then you can pull autopilot into your world. And that should make a lot of processes a lot faster for a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of that. There's talk about refresh scenarios now. There's talk about um, different types of imaging instead of just bare metal. Um, they've also expanding it out to add some more vendors um, as, as well. Um, some service vendors. They're trying to make that whole process more streamlined and more seamless, the IT admin.
0: Okay, great. And this will all be coming out in uh, Windows 10 version 1809, which, as we all know, has been delayed for a little bit due to uh, what we'll describe as some (laughs) some, uh, Uh, features to
1: optimize your storage.
0: (laughs) Yes, it found a way to free up disk space. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. It, it may not. Yeah. So they're working on that, and that will be resolved and, and out to the general public before long. Um, I think the the one thing that Actually, you can't say... uh, yesterday, late last night, I believe.
1: Uh oh, really? I believe they released the, uh, for the update late last night. I think it was. I'd
0: have to double check on it, but I believe it was,
1: Uh, yeah. So,
0: But that's that's not for general public. That's for the people who are downloading ISOs and applying correctly.
1: Is that yeah, right? yeah,
0: yeah. But I guess uh, that is a yeah. general public. I guess anybody could download that ISO. Yep. yep. Okay. So it is done. It is fixed and out. And I think that that wraps everything up. Uh so thank you so much for talking to us. One question before you go. Uh in <laughs> in the uh coming up League of Legends contest, uh who should we be rooting for today and tomorrow?
1: Uh, definitely team liquid Uh, if for no other reason than they have the uh the coolest uh headquarters out of all of them uh and also the fact that uh last time i checked hp is one of their big uh you know sponsors And so is sap
0: wow okay i'll be googling some pics of their headquarters okay go team liquid thanks a lot jordan you have a good one
1: (laughs) yeah you too
0: okay bye